Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them. Open them to the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. Let's see if I can get it. I'm going to intentionally read from the New Living Translation today. And so I found out I don't have that Bible. I'm going to have to get that translation. So I have it on my phone. So I'm going to read from my phone today. So however you get your Bible, whether that's an app or in physical form as a book, go ahead and open your Bible to 2 Timothy Chapter 3, we're just going to read a couple of verses. 2 Timothy chapter 3, we're going to begin at verse 16. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful. Everybody say useful. 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 To teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it, that's Scripture, God uses it to prepare and equip His people. That's you, that's me, that's you online. To do every good work. This is the Word of God for the people of God. And our response is, thanks be to God. Well, many of you know, Lori and I lived in Northern Ireland. Uh, it's been about 12 and a half years ago. And uh, we loved our time there. Our son was born there. Uh, we just had a great time. And when you live in another country, you begin to notice things that are a little different from the country or the culture you were born and raised in. Now, this really isn't a cultural thing, but I found it interesting as I was thinking about this series called Family Vacation, this journey into knowing Jesus and to know him more and more and more. And every day I would walk into work. We didn't own a car over there. We lived in the city of Belfast. And so if it was really raining, that means really raining, like yesterday's raining. If it's just misting, you just walk. And I've learned, I think they learned how to walk so fast to avoid getting wet. Because I'm telling you, a, a granny with a walker could outwalk me in Belfast. They are fast. But in walking to and from, I would walk through the city center, and my job was on the other side of town. And they have this thing, I, I think they still have it, I don't know why, they have Travelocity like we do, they have those websites that you can book vacations on, but they have travel agencies. And travel agencies, as you walk by them, always have a glass window. But like we do here for real estate, where, you know, they put up the things, you know, what's for sale in the window. Have you ever done that? Like you go to South Haven or like this week, Lori and I went over to New Buffalo and we were looking at the properties and and thinking, boy, if I only had four point five million dollars, we could afford something over here. But uh, but they would do this with vacations, with travel. 
They would have this, these pictures of these beautiful sunsets or the beautiful beach overlook uh, from wherever it was they were hoping to sell to you. And they would, they would tell you about it. And that brochure on, that was pasted to that window would, would begin with, oh, look at where you are now. And it, 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 that's about all they had to say because you were standing probably in the rain. It was probably somewhere between 50 and 69 degrees, and uh, it was cold, and you were wet. Look at where you are now. You could be here. You could be on this beach. And they would, you know, they were selling places to, you know, you could be in the south of France. You could be on Ibiza, which is, you know, an island off the coast of Spain, I think, or the Azores or, or Greece or Croatia or Turkey, some place to just rest and relax. And you could go in and the, the beautiful thing about it that I think is different than the website is you could make payments. You could put your vacation on layaway. Remember layaway? That's I'm really old, aren't I? You could pay just a little bit until you were ready and make those payments, and then you could take your vacation. Now, I, I think I'm thinking about vacation a lot because last year my vacation was putting up a fence with Jim DeYoung in my backyard because of COVID. But this series is about the spiritual journey that in many ways we are called to go on this lifelong adventure and journey with Jesus. And there are going to be some things that, that describe this journey as, as we walk through this time. Today is really just kind of the introduction of getting us into this journey. And I hope you'll plan to be here or online each week as we look at the phases and steps in this journey. And that first thing is that that stirring of our hearts to know that the journey is needed. And so you and I, we all need that brochure in the window that tells us where we are and tells us where we can be and where we can go through Jesus' strength and power. And Paul today, in writing to Timothy, is saying that Scripture is, forgive the metaphor, but it is that brochure in the window. That, what does he say there? He says, that is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. To help you realize you're standing in the cold in the rain. But he goes on and says it corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to God to do what is right. That invitation into the resurrection life. And not just a one-time moment where you confess your sins to Jesus, but that moment where you enter into a lifelong journey of Jesus. I want to know you and then know you more. That there's not an end to this. That this is a journey that we take with Jesus together. And this scripture that we are given is that like that brochure in the travel agency window. It's inviting us, telling us where we are and where God is calling us to. And we're going to begin looking at that. Next week, we'll look at that where we are and where God is calling us to. And then we're going to look at the spiritual journey. And there, there are some big words that are, that are thrown around in, in religious circles. You know, prevenient grace and justification, regeneration, adoption, sanctification, and so on and so forth. We're going to look 
deeply at those and what they mean in terms of the journey that you and I and you online are called to be a part of. And I hope you'll be a part of this. But today, we need to look at this brochure that we are given. Because there's some things that I believe we need to clarify as we move out in this journey together. And unfortunately, we have... We have kind of taken the Bible and done some things that I don't believe it was intended for. So I want us to look at that. I want us to, to re-understand Scripture. Paul begins the passage that we looked at by saying, All Scripture is inspired by God. Now, Paul would have been talking about the Hebrew Scriptures at this point. I don't think Paul sat down to write 2 Timothy thinking, I'm going to write some scripture today. He was writing a letter of encouragement to Timothy, his local pastor that he left in charge of the city of Ephesus, who was struggling, and we'll get into that in just a second, on this part of his journey. But what does it mean when he says all scripture is inspired by God? It's actually one word. Inspired by God seems like a verb, but it's actually an adjective. In many of your translations, it will say, God breathed. But the Greek word there is theonumatos. I want you to say that, theonumatos. Let's say that together. Ready? One, two, three. Theonumatos. Let's try it one more time. One, two, three. Theonumatos. Theo is the Greek word for God. Theo. Pneumatos is the word for spirits. It does mean breath, but it is the word for spirits. And so this really is about Scripture. All Scripture is God-spirited. God-inspirited. It means it's not just about God speaking words and some human being writing it down. It is that God takes those words and fills them with His Spirit so that it speaks to our human condition and calls us forward in our journey to know Jesus and then to know Him more. That's an important distinction. It may seem very small, but it is important. Because the truth is, sometimes we can be guilty of making the Bible into an idol. And so I want us to look at a few way, few things that the Bible is not before we look at what the Bible is. Okay? The Bible is not something to be worshipped. It is not an idol. Let me say that again. For those of you online and in the back. The Bible is not to be worshipped. It is a gift that God uses through the power of His Spirit to call men and women to Himself, but it is not to be worshipped. As my friend uh, Stefan Tibby, do you remember Stefan? He came here a few years ago and led us on a prayer retreat. And Beautiful man and wonderful uh, man of God. But he said, sometimes I feel like the church is guilty of worshipping God the Father, Son, and Holy Bible. And so we need to hear this today, that while all Scripture is God-spirited, God-filled, 
It is not God in God's self. It is to be used as a gift. It is a beautiful gift that continues to lead people to Jesus. In fact, we in the Church of the Nazarene, our, our article of faith on Scripture says that we believe that it is inspired. That's the same word. Inspirited. Filled. The Old and New Testament, both the Hebrew Scriptures and the Greek New Testament, are inspired. They're filled with the Spirit. And we believe they are inerrant in all things pertaining to salvation. In other words, God has so filled these words with His Spirit that when we read them as human beings, it is unable, it will always lead you to Jesus and salvation in Jesus. I love the, the, the theme, uh, the mission verse of the Bible Project. Have any of you been on the Bible Project? They believe, this is what they say, they believe the Bible is one cohesive story that leads us to Jesus. It's a beautiful way of understanding Scripture. It is one coherent story that leads us to Jesus. That's what we mean when we say it is inerrant in all things pertaining to salvation. The Bible is always going to lead you to Jesus. It's a beautiful gift. We should read it. We should be a... uh, reading it as often as we can. We should be studying it. We should be hearing from it, preaching from it every week. But it is not something to be worshipped. I didn't get an amen on that, so maybe that's sinking in. Next, I want you to know the Bible is not a history book or a science book. Now, does the Bible have history in it? Yes. Were the writers of that history concerned with the same things that history writers from the 20th and 21st century were concerned about? No. For history, and so does the Bible contain science? Yeah, I think so. I think it does. But it is not the science after enlightenment, not the science that's after the scientific method comes out. They weren't looking at that. When it comes to history and when it comes to science in the Bible, the writers of Scripture were more concerned with the who than they were with the how. You may want to write that down. When it comes to history and science in the Bible, the writers of Scripture were more concerned with the who than the how. They were more concerned with how does this historical narrative point us to the God who is active in history trying to redeem people. And if I messed up the numbers or, you know, we have four Gospels and one of them puts the feeding of the 5,000 here and one of them puts it in a different place, that wasn't what they were concerned about. They were concerned about the who. Is it telling the story of God redeeming humanity and all of creation through Jesus Christ? And if they could answer yes, they were okay with that. And God still takes all of that and fills it with His Spirit that leads you and me and anyone who will read Scripture to salvation in Jesus. Same goes with science. They weren't concerned with seven literal 24-hour days or those kinds of things, although could it be seven 24-hour literal days? Yes, absolutely it could. But they were more concerned with who started creation. Who is the one who said, light be, and there was light. 
And who said, you know, create the land and divide the sea above and the sea below and all of those things? Who did that? It was God. The God who created out of love and let human beings like you and me make a choice. And when we chose to try and grasp for ourselves and determine for ourselves what is right and wrong, God determined that He was going to do everything God could in love and mercy and compassion to redeem those human beings. That's what Scripture does. That's part of the brochure. One other thing that the Bible is not. The Bible is not a rule book. Does the Bible include rules and laws? Yes. But you even see in the story and through the rules and laws and when Jesus comes in that if we focus too much on the rules and laws, we end up just as lost as those who are outside of the, of the Jesus community, of the Jewish community. So yes, we look at it. Paul says it is there to correct us when we are wrong and to move us back. That's the goal. The goal, again, is to focus on the who, that it, these rules or these laws are leading us into relationship with, and that is Jesus. And so there are things that are there, and it allows us to do good works, to, do, uh, to live righteously, which means in right relationship with God and with each other and healthily with ourselves. So the Bible is not a rule book, primarily. Lastly, and maybe most importantly for our day and age today, the Bible is not a weapon. The Bible is not a club to beat someone else into submission or to win an argument. Is that a tough one to hear this morning? Because in our polarized world, I have seen Bible verses used as weapons and clubs to try and win an argument, to beat an opponent more in probably these last six years than in all my life. Now, in Scripture, I want to be fair. In Scripture, are there metaphors about the Word of God as a sword? Yes. It's in Ephesians. You can go read that. It's inspired. It's going to lead you. But what is Paul getting at there? First of all, he's in a Roman town that probably saw army parades filled with people dressed in armor every day of their lives. So Paul took something that would be useful for them as a metaphor to try and help them understand what they needed for their spiritual journey. But what he was getting at was not that I'm going to use that sword of the spirit, which it is called on another human being. What Paul is saying, if you read the passages right before that in Ephesians, he's telling them the Holy Spirit is calling you to a radically different way of life. You are no longer going to live by trying to grab as much power to control everything like Rome does. You are going to live in power that enables you to do great acts of service. And to live that way, you need protection. And so you need to put on the full armor. 
You need that breastplate of righteousness to protect your heart. You need that shield to extinguish the way that that culture is going to come at you and come at you and come at you and try and take advantage of you. And yes, you need the Scripture that is God-breathed that's going to remind you of the One who was raised to new life and has called you into new life. And you need to use that against those principalities and powers those spiritual forces that are going to attack you for trying to live differently. But the Bible is not put there, put here, for you and for I to use as a weapon to win an argument. If you want to read the rest of 2 Timothy, you'll see that there are two guys that Paul is writing about that Timothy was struggling with because they were argumentative. And they were trying to argue their point and they were splitting the church and they were splitting that little community and he's encouraging him, remember what you were taught and remember that all Scripture is filled with the Spirit and let it teach you, let it train you, let it help you as you go out to live in right relatedness with God and with others as the body of Christ. Okay, so if that's what the Bible is not, what is the Bible? I want you to know that the Bible is a library of books to begin with. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all the way through to Revelation. It is a library of books that shows us a God who is determined. Write down determined. A God who is determined. These are all going to be D words so you can remember this, okay? The Bible is a library of books that leads us to see fully and completely a God who is determined. A God who is determined to redeem human beings whom He created in love and wants to be in relationship with. And this God is so determined to redeem the world and redeem creation and redeem humanity that He sent His one and only Son to live among us. To show us the heart of God, His mercy, His compassion, His grace, the way that He corrects and changes and moves people, even the people that seem farthest from Him, into right relationship with Him. This Bible shows a library of books that helps us understand this God who is determined. Even to the point of dying on a cross for you, for you online, for you in the pews, and for me to enter into this journey of getting to know Him and then to know Him more. I hope that's good news for you. The next thing that this Bible is, it is a library of books that is very daring. Because what this story is going to tell you from Exodus and all the different ways that it it tells you from narrative, from historical narrative, through legal writings of of the law and the, the Old Testament, through the prophets and on into the Gospels and into the writings, all of that story is being used to dare you to enter into the journey with this God who is so determined to redeem you and all of creation. The Bible is 
a library of books that if you read it is going to dare you over and over again to trust God and not yourself, to trust Jesus's love for you and not yourself, to trust his wisdom and not what you think you know. To learn how to love instead of retreating in power of your hate. The Bible shows us a God who is determined. And the Bible is a library of books that is daring you to enter into this journey. It's not just a brochure on a window, would would you like to go to the beach? It's an invitation. Come on. I'm daring you. Let's go. Let's get in this journey. I want you to know me. And then I want you to know me at a deeper level. And when you think you know me then, then I'm going to lead you even deeper into this journey. I dare you. Lastly, the Bible is a library of books that is daunting to read. I want you to hear me say that as your pastor. I understand when pastors tell you, you ought to read your Bible. I think sometimes we don't realize, because we've spent so many years studying it, that it's a daunting task to read the Bible. It is very ancient. It's hard to understand. If you don't understand the cultural narrative, it can be very difficult. I thought I'd get an amen there. But you all are holy people. You just read the Bible all the time, don't you? It's a daunting task to read the Bible. And so we ought to be grateful for what we have in the 21st century. Not only can I have almost every translation of the Scripture right here, I can even read it in Greek and Hebrew if I want to right here. In my pocket. I can carry a library of Bibles that I couldn't carry on my own physically if I had them. They're all right here. And as I did in the last series, I want whenever I can to give you some helps that will help you if you have tried to read the Bible and found it daunting, but you want to dare to enter into this journey with this God who is determined to redeem. I want to give you a couple of those. One is I want to invite you to watch the Bible Project videos. We did this last year. I'm going to encourage you to do it again. It's the Bible Project Old Testament and New Testament. And they go from Genesis right at the beginning. They go all the way through to Revelation. If the book itself is really large, they might break it into two. But if you started today and watched one in the morning and over breakfast and one before you went to bed, you will finish just an overarching theme of each book of the Bible. You will finish the entire daunting Bible probably before we finish this series. They do one of those things where they draw out as they're explaining it, and it's good, good, solid content all the way through, and you get a good understanding. I started watching these with my kid when he was 10 years old, and he got a great grasp of the themes and the narratives of Scripture of this God who is determined to redeem us. So if my 10-year-old can do it, it will help you. If you want to go a little bit deeper, if you've gone through those, then I will encourage you to find the Read Scripture app. You can find that. I have it on my, on my phone. I have it on my iPad as well. 
And what it will do is it will take you on one of those reading plans all the way through Scripture, but it will include those Bible project videos that kind of give you little reminders all the way along, all the way through. I decided that we would do that because Jackson and I had watched these videos through a bunch. And so we decided we're going to start reading the Bible together for breakfast. And we do that. And, and he loves it when we're reading. And he stops me and he says, oh, this is like in the video where it says that. Yeah, that's right. And we talk about that. Or he loves when a new video pops up that might describe a certain word that's difficult. But you see this. It's in this app. Now, we're on a one-year Bible plan. And it's what? April? And I think we're like halfway through Exodus. But that's okay. It's about the journey. And encountering this God who is determined to redeem creation. And is daring us with each passage of Scripture to join in this journey. No matter how daunting the task is. I hope today that this has encouraged you like, like that brochure in the window. And you're beginning to see, oh man, I, I'm standing in the cold. And I haven't begun this journey with Jesus that you're talking about. It seems so daunting, but I want to dare. I want to know this God who is determined to redeem me and all of creation. If that's you, then would you bow your head with me right now? You at home? And let's pray. Because it's really simple to begin. Let's just all pray this out loud together so no one's embarrassed. Lord Jesus, I want to go on this journey. I want to know you. I want to know you more. Show me the steps to take. Lead me and help me to follow. I'm trusting you, Jesus. And I ask this in your name. Amen. I think it would be good for us to close today just by singing our new chorus together. So, Harold, if you can bring those... I hope that you'll plan to be here. I think it's going to be an incredible journey together on this family vacation. Some of you, when I picked that, probably thought, oh man, family vacation is the last thing I want to do. But it just means that together as a church family, we're going to do this. And I hope that as we uh, go through this, you will bring someone who is new. Or if you're online, that you'll create a watch party and, and try and bring your friends. Because there's always room for more people on this family vacation. So let's sing. I want to know you, Jesus my Lord, the King of the heavens, and King of my soul. I trade my treasure. Jesus, to know you, then know.
this blessing this morning. And now, may that song become your song. May you sing it as you go to work in the car, as you come home, as you have breakfast in the morning, not with your mouth full. But may your heart's desire be set ablaze through this scripture, this gift that has been filled with the Spirit that will lead you to the determined God. And may you dare each and every day to follow after Him. And may you know the joy of knowing Him and then knowing Him more. I pray these things to you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. God bless you. Go in His strength, in His love, and daring to know Him. God bless you as you go. Have a great afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.